evening. Our top story tonight, the NFC South. Actually, sorry, we're doing the AFC South. I have been doing all sorts of division previews, so I'm getting them all confused. AFC South. We got Travis Etienne versus Tank Bigsby. We've got the Jaguars pass catchers. We've got the RB2 for the Tennessee Titans. We've got the wide receiver one for the Houston Texans. We have a bunch of competitive position battles across the NFL here on Player Profiler today. And so... The position battles, of course, as always, begin with the quarterback position. And for the most part, the AFC South is a settled conversation. Trevor Lawrence is starting for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Duh. Ryan Tannehill will start for the Tennessee Titans unless he is somehow traded, which the only way I see that happening is if there is some sort of injury. Hello, Las Vegas Raiders, potentially. But I don't think this is really a competition between Will Levis, Malik Willis, and Ryan Tannehill. I think these other two quarterbacks are going to be allowed to develop. Maybe once things bottom out for the Tennessee Titans, because they are going to be a bad team, bad defense, bad offense, just bad in general. So when they bottom out, maybe they make the switch to Will Levis, but this is not a competition per se. There is... No chance, barring trade or injury. But if Ryan Tannehill is healthy and ready to take a snap for the Tennessee Titans, he will do that in week one. And the same is true for C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud is the Houston Texans quarterback one, though it hasn't been made official yet. Davis Mills still thinks he's competing, but much like with Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud has won this job already. The only quarterback that is in an official competition in the AFC South is, of course, Anthony Richardson versus Gardner Minshew. We have heard all offseason long how great Anthony Richardson has looked, how poised he is, how much further along in his development he is, how much of a leader Anthony Richardson is. We have not heard one negative thing about Anthony Richardson. The press tour that the Indianapolis Colts have been on, the information that they have been letting out of the building tells me that this is a done deal that Anthony Richardson is the week one starter for the Indianapolis Colts. Gardner Minshew will be the backup. They will give Anthony Richardson all the time in game to make adjustments, to learn on the fly because they don't believe Anthony Richardson's confidence will be shattered if he struggles early in his career. And so though it's not official, Every AFC South quarterback competition is settled. As long as you agree with me that Anthony Richardson is starting week one. As for the running backs, things are much more unsettled. What's going on in the Jacksonville Jaguar backfield? That is one of the biggest topics of discussion throughout the offseason. How much of a workload will Travis Etienne see? He was drafted by Urban Meyer to be a change of pace back. We all remember. Urban Meyer said, I wanted Kadarius Tony. And so when I didn't get Kadarius Tony, I drafted Travis Etienne to play that Kadarius Tony role, which is a scat bat, gadget player, pass catcher. I don't know. Urban Meyer was on one. But Travis Etienne was drafted in that role. 
by a different fran- by a different coach, but the same GM. And then in his first year with the Jaguars, because he missed his rookie season, he starts the year in a committee with James Robinson. The Jaguars trade James Robinson because they realize eh, he doesn't have it anymore. We got to get something now because James Robinson is going to be revealed that he just doesn't have it anymore. So they traded him. And then Travis Etienne was forced into a bell cap cow role. And he was pretty good. He had some pretty electric runs, but the fantasy point totals weren't there. Travis Etienne was up and down throughout the season, ended up disappointing, especially because of his lack of pass catching ability. We all thought coming out of college, Travis Etienne, guy who caught 50 passes from Trevor Lawrence in a season. We all thought, yeah, that guy's going to be a dominant receiver in the NFL. And he hasn't been. Jermichael Hasty has been a better third down back than Travis Etienne. So in comes Tank Bigsby in the third round. And a lot of people want to act like that means nothing. No, it means that Travis Etienne might not be a bell cow. And if you remember, the threshold to be a bell cow on player profiler today is 60% of the touches. If you handle 60% of the workload, you are a bell cow. But Travis Etienne might be more of a part-time starter. I don't know. I think it's going to be a 65-35 split between Travis Etienne and Tank Bigsby. But if Tank Bigsby performs well, which he has been throughout OTAs and minicamp, he could push that to a 60-40 split, a 55-45 split. Ready for the Ridley-Kirk portion. I'm high on Kirk and paid for him this offseason. We will get to that in a moment once we get through these running backs. But spoiler alert, if you like Christian Kirk, you are going to be happy with what I have to say. Before we get to that and before we wrap up the running back position, though, we do have to hear a word from the Podfather on our lovely, lovely, lovely draft kit. Hey, it's the Podfather of great news. The 2023 Draft Kit is live. It is world famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists. There are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine. We have projections both at the team level and the player level. And wherever you are, you can click on a player, open them up, and see in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year. And then you can click on the team and you can get even more in-depth analysis, all the drivers of fantasy production, both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights, they give you the team level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features. I mean, Individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you can take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet. And then in the commissioner's section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league. Do's, don'ts, tips, and what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but uh, it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Go get it. Rounding out the running back competitions in the 
AFC South. We have Damian Pierce versus Devin Singletary. And everyone seems pretty certain that it's going to be Damian Pierce that has the heavy workload. I think this might be a split once again. I think we're going to see more Devin Singletary than a lot of people expect. It might be it. It's similar to Travis Etienne, probably a 60-40 split. Damian Pierce to Devin Singletary. But Devin Singletary is good enough to push Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce is fine. Damian Pierce is solid. But Devin Singletary, pretty solid too. These are just two solid backs, and they're going to annoy each other. As for the Indianapolis Colts, Jonathan Taylor is clearly the guy. There are two running back slots behind Jonathan Taylor. Zach Moss, Deion Jackson, and Evan Hull are competing for those. Maybe they keep four running backs, but probably keep three. Most teams tend to keep three. Either way, Zach Moss, they traded for him last year, so he's probably going to make the team. You know, he's got that grinder role. At the very least, Jeff Saturday preferred Zach Moss. But if it was up to me, I would keep Deion Jackson because Deion Jackson commanded 10 targets in a game last season. And if you correctly believe targets are a skill, then you must like Deion Jackson. You must think he is skilled, more talented than Zach Moss. I understand why Jeff Saturday played Zach Moss over Deion Jackson. He likes those big bruisers. But I think Deion Jackson, either way, Evan Hull in the long run. He is going to become the satellite back for the Indianapolis Colts. He is going to win that job. But how much will it matter in year one, at least? Not a whole lot. We saw Naheem Hines contribute as alongside Jonathan Taylor. It'll be a little bit less than that year one. He's going to take time to get up to speed. But next year, especially if Jonathan Taylor walks in free agency, Evan Hull could have the path to a pretty hefty workload. Not saying he's ever going to be a bell cow, but... There's a very good chance that Evan Hull could be a lead back if Jonathan Taylor ends up walking. Final position battle for the AFC South running backs is the Tennessee Titans. Derrick Henry, obviously the guy, obviously a bell cow, obviously a workhorse, obviously going to see 60% of the touches, probably going to see 70%. Won't be surprised if we see 80%, but probably not. We're probably going to see a bit more Tajay Spears. We're probably going to see... 30%, 35% Tajay Spears, 70%, 65% for Derrick Henry. Sound about right. Hassan Haskins. Now, of course, the NFL will allow the legal situation to play out, but it seems likely that Hassan Haskins will not be playing. And we already expected Tajay Spears to beat out Hassan Haskins anyways. Drafted him early. Electric running back. Electric pass catcher. And remember, Dontrell Hilliard had two running back one weeks last year with Derrick Henry on the field. So Tajay Spears, he's going to win that job. Tajay Spears is going to be delightful. I've been taking Kirk later in draft best ball. Ridley right below the studs is too early for me. I absolutely agree. So let's get into it. Let's get into the wide receivers, the conversation everyone wants. And yes, I believe that Calvin Ridley is being overdrafted. I like Calvin Ridley. I think Calvin Ridley is probably the wide receiver one of the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I don't think that matters that much. I think like we saw last year, the Jaguars are fine having multiple wide receiver ones. They had three wide receiver ones last year, whether it was Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, or Evan Engram. 
all three players operated as the wide receiver one in different games. And the Jaguars were fine with that. This now makes four wide receiver ones. Get rid of Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones was reliable. He was steady, but he wasn't someone that the defenses were scared of. Now with Calvin Ridley, the defenses will be scared of Calvin Ridley. And when Calvin Ridley gets one-on-one coverage, he'll eat quite often. But when Christian Kirk is free in the slot, has a weak matchup, he's going to get a bunch of targets. And when the safeties and the linebackers, they're not meshing, then we're going to see a lot of Evan Engram over the middle. And some games, we're going to see Zay Jones pop off. That's just how this offense works. I think Kirk maintains his usage and Zay falls off with Ridley in play. I absolutely agree that when we're looking at total numbers, yeah, Zay Jones is going to see the biggest drop off in targets. Christian Kirk probably going to stay the same. He and Calvin Ridley probably going to have similar targets. I'd give the edge to Calvin Ridley, but it's slight. They're going to be close. And based on where you can draft them, I would much rather have Christian Kirk because he's going to be reliable. Even the games where he doesn't necessarily pop Christian Kirk as the slot receiver, he's going to be the check down the first read a lot of the time, especially because the Jaguars haven't targeted their running back. Travis Etienne has not been a commander of targets. And so I believe that Christian Kirk is the safest. He's got the safest floor for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's going to be steady. And he's probably got the highest ceiling because what if Calvin Ridley takes some time to adjust? Or what if... He's just the guy he was before. What if Calvin Ridley is a wide receiver 1B, frees up Christian Kirk and just lets him take off? All of these things are possible. This position battle is going to be fascinating. Zay Jones is going to be a delight in DFS some weeks. There's going to be some matchup. We're going to we're going to be looking at the cornerback matchups between wide receivers who they're going to be lined up against. And there will be games where Zay Jones, we see he's got a weak CB lined up across from him. We're going to play Zay Jones in DFS, and it's going to be beautiful. But in fantasy, eh, you're never going to be able to trust him other than that lone matchup. You're not going to be able to reliably start Zay Jones. You're going to be able to reliably start Christian Kirk. You'll probably reliably start Calvin Ridley. We'll get the targets. It just depends on what he does with them. Then Evan Engram, he's a tight end. Three receptions, 30 yards, and a touchdown for Evan Engram makes him a tight end one. But that's the Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver battle. I think Calvin Ridley is the one by a small margin over Christian Kirk. I think that margin is so small that Calvin Ridley is being overdrafted and Christian Kirk is being underdrafted. And I also think we're going to have some flashes from Zay Jones, flashes from Evan Engram as well. What about the Houston Texans, though? The Houston Texans are another unsolved pecking order, and this one could be anyone. Nico Collins was the wide receiver one last year. We saw, even with Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins was starting to out-target Brandon Cooks as the season went on. Nico Collins looks like he's going to be the wide receiver one. Robert Woods, probably going to be the starter, opposite Nico Collins. They paid him $12 million a year. It was an overpay. But they paid him. So at least for now, Robert Woods is going to be the wide receiver too. And he does all those things that the 49ers offense is going to love. And yes, this Houston Texans offense is the 49ers offense. They took Bobby Slowick, the passing game coordinator. He's in charge now. 
And Robert Woods fits in that offense. Great blocker. Does all the dirty work. So it's most likely going to be Nico Collins and Robert Woods. John Mechie going to get the first chance in the slot. Started out in OTAs and minicamp. Suffered a hamstring injury. Ended up having to miss some time. I would love for John Mechie to be the full-time starter in the slot, but he's got some competition. Noah Brown is the wide receiver for, I don't expect him to threaten Mechie, but it's also a good litmus test. Remember we were talking the other day about Trent Sherfield and the Buffalo Bills, where if Khalil Shakur can't beat out Trent Sherfield, then it's over. He's never going to be a thing. And if Deontay Hardy can't beat out Trent Sherfield, it's over. He's never going to be a thing. Same here with the Houston Texans. I expect John Mechie to beat Noah Brown pretty easily, but if he doesn't, whoo, that's a massive, massive red flag. Wouldn't be great if Tank Dell can't beat out Noah Brown either, but it's a little bit more understandable, you know, rookies, veteran deference, et cetera, et cetera. Tank Dell going to be pushing John Mechie and Noah Brown for snaps in the slot. And then we've got Xavier Hutchinson. Xavier Hutchinson. Might be the long-term solution to Robert Woods. He does all the dirty work. He is reliable. He gets open at will, and all he does is score touchdowns. Xavier Hutchinson. I was hoping that he could track crack the starting lineup as a rookie. The potential is there. This is a weak, unsettled depth chart. But it's most likely it's Nico Collins and Robert Woods, and then maybe we see a rotation in the slot instead. Need thoughts on a trade. Pollard for Cup. Ooh, is this Dynasty or Redraft? I think either way. Well, yeah, I'm going to need more details, as the Harry Snowman says. Redraft on a one-year deal, I would rather have Cooper Cup for just this year. For Dynasty, it's close. I think I might still rather have Cup. But, yeah, it's close. In redraft, though, give me Cup. I would draft Cup over Pollard. If you're a contender, you'd want Cup. Dynasty PPR. So if you're a contender, you want Cup. If not, you probably want Tony Pollard. Because Pollard's a bit younger. You'll be able to trade him for more later. But if you're a contender, Cooper Cup is the kind of player that wins you a championship. He was wide receiver one last year. He was better than Justin Jefferson. He didn't play as long, but on a per game basis, Cooper Cup was the wide receiver one over Justin Jefferson. He still has it. I'm not worried about the high ankle sprain. He's had plenty of time to recover. So yeah, give me Cooper Cup if you're a competing team. If you're not, hold. I'd rather have Tony Pollard because you can sell him for more later. Whereas Cooper Cup, price tag is fixed because of the age. But continuing with the wide receivers in the N or AFC South, sorry, we also have Burks versus Chigakonkwo. Because I don't really care about the other wide receiver battle. Nick Westbrook Akine is going to start. Kyle Phillips is going to start. Chris Moore is going to be the wide receiver for. None of it really matters. It'd be fun if Kyle Phillips became a thing. I hope he does, but I'm not going to rely on it. Or we're, we're just going to hold on. But remember, Kyle Phillips. He did command six targets, led the team in targets in his first game with the Tennessee Titans. Then he got hurt and derailed, but 
watch out. Kyle Phillips might be the Julian Edelman for the Tennessee Titans. If you are contending, then yes, absolutely. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is going to smash this year. He can win you a championship this year. He can win you a championship next year. 2025, maybe he wins you a championship. That's when I expect the decline to start. But I think you got at least two more years out of Cooper Cup at an elite level. And then even when he slows down, he's going to be a wide receiver too. Remember when Larry Fitzgerald slowed down and became a slot monster? Well, Cooper Cup's already a slot monster, but when he slows down, he's still going to be great. But as for the Tennessee Titans, it's Traylon Burks versus Chigakonkwa. That is the position battle. Who's the wide receiver one? It's Traylon Burks. Let's be honest. As much as I love Chig, as fun of a story as he is, as athletic as he is, as great as he is after the catch, he's a tight end. You have to be really freaking special to be the wide receiver one as a tight end. George Kittle doesn't even do it anymore. Darren Waller's probably going to do it for the Giants, and he probably shouldn't for the most part. I would rather not have Darren Waller as my wide receiver one. I'd rather him be my two, like he was with the Raiders and Devontae Adams. But with the Giants, he has to be. Mark Andrews as my wide receiver one, that's fine. Travis Kelsey is my wide receiver one, that's fine. But I would rather have Traylon Burks getting the targets. Traylon Burks was starting to put it together. He's starting to command targets at the end of the season. Were it not for the concussion, one reception, one touchdown was on his way to a breakout game against the Philadelphia Eagles. But it didn't happen. That's the concussion. But now Traylon Burks, he's the wide receiver one. Shakes the two. Kyle Phillips is the three. Does it matter? Probably not because it's going to be a low volume bad offense. And then as for the Colts, we have one final position battle at wide receiver. Alec Pierce versus Josh Downs. Who is the wide receiver two? Most likely it's going to be Alec Pierce at least to start the year. And I'm not interested in Alec Pierce for fantasy at all. Alec Pierce is a decoy on the outside. He's a Marquez Valdez-Scantling running wind sprints. When you're Marquez Valdez-Scantling running wind sprints, you've got Anthony Richardson at your quarterback in a likely low-volume passing game. I'm not interested. I'm just not interested. And eventually, I think Alec Pierce will lose the wide receiver two job to Josh Downs. Josh Downs will start in the slot. Now, he has to beat out Isaiah McKenzie, but Isaiah McKenzie is one of those litmus test wide receivers. If you can't beat him out, that's a bad sign. He's good enough where if it takes a couple games for Josh Downs to beat out Isaiah McKenzie, that's fine. But if Josh Downs isn't the starting slot receiver by the end of the year because of Isaiah McKenzie, that is a terrible sign. More than likely, though, he will end up passing Alec Pierce and be the wide receiver too when they only go two wide receiver sets. That'll be the one on the field opposite Michael Pittman. But for fantasy, again, still not interested because the slot receiver for Anthony Richardson, do you think he's going to dunk, dink and dunk and check down i don't see a whole lot of it and i don't see a reliable path to josh downs becoming a wide receiver too anytime soon in fantasy football in real life yeah he's a wide receiver too but in fantasy football he's more of a wide receiver four or five and i don't see that changing for this year maybe next year if he flashes this year we can get excited about him finally at tight end it's not a very competitive afc south when it comes to tight end there is no competition for Chigaconquo. Literally none. You haven't heard of most of the guys on this roster. Evan Engram, he's got long-term competition in Brenton Strange, who they drafted in the second round. It is clear 
with Evan Engram having refused to sign his franchise tag, that the Jaguars are probably going to move on. They haven't reached a long-term deal. Engram wants a long-term deal, hasn't shown up. They're not going to give him a long-term deal. It's not going to happen. Evan Engram will play out the season. And then in 2024, he will be replaced by Brenton Strange. And then for the Colts, or actually, I guess we got the Houston Texans. So that's Dalton Schultz job. That That's not a conversation. It's Dalton Schultz. He's the tight end one. He might end up being the wide receiver one for the Texans. He's probably a part-time wide receiver one for the Texans because of how empty this receiver core is, but is what it is. The actual competition at tight end is with the Colts. Jelani Woods is expected to be the guy. They think Jelani Woods is the Dallas Goddard. He has the speed to stretch the field. He can be used as a vertical tight end pushing the seam. Something that Mo Ali Cox just can't do. Oh, Mo Ali Cox is massive. He's a red zone weapon. He's a blocker. Mo Ali Cox will make this team and contribute and be the tight end too. And he'll play a lot of snaps because he's the blocker. But Jelani Woods is the receiver. And Kylan Granson is probably going to get cut because of that. They drafted Will Mallory. They signed Pharaoh Brown. Kylan Granson outside looking in for the Indianapolis Colts right now. But is it going to matter? Because again, it's Anthony Richardson. This is going to be a low volume offense. Richardson is going to be running it in near the goal line. So it's unfortunate because I am excited about the Indianapolis Colts and their future. I just, for fantasy football, it's Michael Pittman, it's Jonathan Taylor, it's Anthony Richardson for some upside, and that's it. You can't trust anyone else. You cannot trust Josh Downs. You can't trust Alec Pierce. You can't trust Jelani Woods, even if he's going to be the starter. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All-In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.